Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen, history puddle, bang! Tie game with five seconds remaining! Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh... Not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh yeah, so easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. Welcome to the Full Slate NFL Week 12 Pick'em Podcast, brought to you by our good friends at Pepsi, Indeed, Bet Online, and Monkey Knife Fight. I'm your co-host, Cody Darwick, joined in person for a special Thanksgiving edition of the Pick'em Pod by my brother, Tyler Darwick. Tyler, happy Feast Week. Happy Feast Week to you as well. Um, happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there. We got college basketball back today. Indiana kicks off or tips off in a little bit here. So feels good to have college basketball back. Um, feels like haven't had it in so long. So it's great to have all that going on. Uh, NFL, college football, you know, all going on this week. Yeah, it felt kind of fake that we actually had college basketball back, and the, especially the way they did it. I don't remember if – typically it's, like, more staggered. I feel like there are different tournaments going on. You have the Maui. You have tournaments at, like, MSG, the preseason NIT, things like that. But this is all in one shot, so there's, like, literally 90 games going on. Right now there's a bunch canceled due to COVID, but it feels – 
amazing to have uh, that college basketball tab back in the Yahoo Sports uh, app. Definitely. Um, a lot of games going on today that we've bet on that. I don't know a lot of the teams going on, even like the top teams. I, I feel like there's just so much unknown and it just felt like you kind of said surreal that the season is back, given that was one of the first things canceled uh, due to COVID. You know, Indiana is the reigning Big Ten tournament champs because they won the last game before everything was canceled. Um, so it feels like I don't know anything about a lot of these teams, but as a, as the season goes on, we'll learn more and uh, find out what teams to start telling. Yeah, I mean, as of the recording, 525 Eastern, the big favorites are have covered outright. So we'll see if that trend continues by the time people listen to this on the morning of Thanksgiving. But before we get to um, the Thanksgiving NFL slate, Tyler, real quick off the top, we're going back to the IU football minute. We had the tough loss versus Ohio State. We're ranked 12th now, so you get demoted. It's not going to be a minute. In 15 seconds anymore, it's just going to be a minute. Uh, we play Maryland this weekend. We're 11.5-point home favorites, over under 63.5. Maryland has missed some time here due to COVID, um, but they do have two his brother at quarterback. Um and have been a bit of a feisty team since uh, they lost, I believe, week one in pretty bad fashion. But, Tyler, you ready to go here? Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, so IU fell to 12th this week in the AP and the college football playoff. I, th- I thought that felt about right, where they would be. After last week's loss, um, this week's word for the team was rebound, so they'll have to get refocused after that loss. Um, and Maryland comes in. I don't know what to expect from them. They've missed their last two games. They had a lot of COVID cases. Now it seems like everything's getting back to normal there, which is good. So I have no idea what to expect from them, if they're going to come out super fresh or rusty because they haven't been able to practice normally the last couple weeks. I expect Indiana to win. I don't think Maryland is uh, a great defensive team. So I think IU will be able to put up some points on them. And Mike Panic started to get some Heisman love on Twitter this week. So I love to see that. Um, so I expect... IU to rebound, as Tom Allen coined that phrase this week. Um, and his speech after the game went pretty viral. ABC News posted it on Twitter, which I thought was surreal um, in a crazy year to see ABC News posting IU football videos. So I expect them to win this week. Okay. All right. um, thank you for that, Tyler. I agree. I like I like the Hoosiers a lot in the teaser. 11.5 feels like a lot of points, but bring that down a bit. Seems nice, but moving on to the NFL slate, a quick recap on where we're at after uh, the Rams beating the Bucks on Monday Night Football. We're both on the Bucks, so I'm currently sitting at 29 and 25 on the season. Tyler dead smack at 500, 27 and 27. So I have that two-game lead going into the final stretch here, Week 12 already. Pretty wild, um, Tyler. But Thanksgiving football tradition, unlike any other, we're obviously we're gonna preview the the. Uh, Steelers Ravens game that got pushed to Sunday and still I mean there's a lot of COVID cases going on with Baltimore so we're actually not going to preview that one but we will preview these two NFL games uh, that are on tomorrow so Tyler some uh, Thanksgiving betting trends for you here Um, actually before we do that what are you thankful for Tyler Um, you know I'm thankful for you know our family IU football um, being 731 in our locks of the week this year. So just a couple things. What about you? Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, I am also thankful for, yeah, you know, everyone, everyone being healthy, 
giving out some winners to listeners and hopefully getting back on. A, I'm actually currently on a winning streak in college basketball. So that, that's what I'm thankful for at the present moment. But Tyler, some Thanksgiving betting trends uh, from our good friends at the Action Network. Since 2003, favorites on Thanksgiving are 35 and 13 against the spread. That's a 73% clip. And the public has made money on Thanksgiving during that time period. Uh, sides getting more than 50% of the bets have gone 30 and 16 against the spread. And namely, obviously, the two staples of Thanksgiving, which I don't understand why that is the case. The Lions and Cowboys. The last 17 season, both both of those teams are 7 and 10 against the spread. So just, just some nuggets before we get into the slate. Let's start with the early game. Texans at the Lions. Lions plus 3, over-unders 51.5. The Texans coming in off a win over the Patriots as a dog in that one. They won 27 to 20. Lions got shut out versus the Panthers and backup quarterback P.J. Walker there. Tyler, where's your head at for this early game? That stat about the public doing so well on Thanksgiving is pretty wild, but the more I think about it, maybe Vegas is, you know, cooking the lines a little bit, making them easier. It's an American holiday. They want to give back to the public that they steal from uh, the rest of the season. So maybe that's the case. Sweet of them. Very sweet. Um, but as far as this game goes, you know, Thanksgiving, family holiday, obviously different this year, but still try to get together um, as much as you can. But I hate to be negative. Um, I think this is going to be Matt Patricia's last game as the head coach of the Detroit Lions and probably his last game as a head coach in the NFL. He's 13-27-1 and one, um, in his career with the Lions. And I think if they weren't playing on Thursday this week, he would have been fired after last week to get shut out versus the Panthers, who have a pretty bad defense and were playing a backup quarterback, is pretty pathetic. I know they have some injuries on offense and Stafford is banged up, but I think that's terrible to get shut out by that Carolina team that no one's had trouble scoring on this year. So I actually think this is going to be Patricia's last game. Having said all that, I like the Texans uh, minus three on uh, for this game. Houston passing offense has been great. Deshaun Watson's had a really good year. Obviously, down year for the team, and Bill O'Brien got fired, but he's had a great year. Uh, off their offense is third in explosive pass plays, second in uh, passing success rate, and that matches up well versus Detroit defense, which is 28th in explosive pass defense, 26th in success rate. They're 28th in pressure rate, and they have some injuries going into this game. Uh, Jeff Okuda, the rookie from Ohio State, he's going to be out. A couple other guys on the defense are out, along with Kenny Galladay and Danny Amendola on the offense. So I think this sets up perfectly for Deshaun to have a huge game on Thanksgiving with everyone watching. So I like uh, laying the points with the Texans um, as a road favorite. What about you? Yeah, I think before I initially started doing some research on this, I was like, there's just no way that the Texans should be a three-point favorite against anyone. But you look at all the injuries on the Lions side of the ball, as you said, it concerns me. Um, the way Deshaun Watson's playing right now, he's playing out of his mind. He's kind of single-handedly putting that team on his back. They've won two out of three, granted against worse uh, competition, but they did beat a Patriots team uh, that was coming in off off a big win there. So I I do like this Texans team. It gives me a little bit of, you know, trends aren't always your friends, as we know, Tyler, but... Um, some favorable trends on sides that are public heavy um, of late um, and, and the Texans are getting more of the money in this one. I just don't think that 
the lines are going to play inspired from Matt Patricia. It just doesn't seem like that's been his MO there. Um, so I do also like the Texans in this one minus three. Um, I just felt like the more and more I was like, oh, you know, it's kind of Texans coming in off a big win. Lions look like crap, easy bounce back spot with the NFL. But the Lions are so injured that it just like, I don't know. I think it might be too much to overcome there. Um, the second game, Washington football team. Going to Dallas, taking on the Cowboys. Cowboys minus three. And you know what, Tyler? Over-under is 46. Typically a battle of two, three, and seven teams would be uh, beyond meaningless at this point in the season. But for at least a few days, the winner of this uh, game will be in first place in the NFC East until at least Philly and the Giants play this weekend. Uh, Washington beat the Bengals uh, 20 to nine. Joe Burrow got banged up in that one, but the defense looked good again there. They had four sacks in that game. And although they're only three and seven, they are five and five against the spread. I think that kind of speaks to the defense there. Dallas, they had a, a big win for them. Andy Dalton's first start since he got concussed a few weeks back. Uh, they beat the Vikings, who were one of the hotter teams in the NFL and covered for just a second time on the season. Tyler, America's team on America's holiday. Do you like Dallas in this one? They're getting uh, a larger percentage of the public money at this point. No, I don't. I like Washington plus three. And we've seen this so many times with Dallas whenever they have any momentum, and especially going into Thanksgiving game, that's when they disappoint you the most. Uh, last year, they played the Bills, and the Bills kind of dominated that game. And it feels like the last few years that's been the case. They're one and eight against the spread, their last nine on Thanksgiving. So I think a lot of people are going to be giving the Cowboys love after a nice win versus the Vikings last week, but still isn't a team that you can rely on. Um, and Washington's defense has been pretty, pretty good this year. They're top 10 in yards allowed. They they allow the least amount of passing yards per game, which I don't know if that's a fluke because they're losing and teams are running against them. Um, but, you know, it's a good stat nonetheless. They're also fourth in sacks, seventh in pressure rate. They're ninth on third down defense. So I think their defense has been pretty solid, and I just don't trust uh, an Andy Dalton-led team. Um, so I like Washington. I think Ron Rivera's done a nice job with that team. And you mentioned they're against a spread record at 5-5, five and five, and they've lost a few uh, close games, two to the Giants. Um, There's one other in there that they could have won. So this team has been competitive. And Alex Smith, you know, he's not going to light the world on fire, but he does bring professionalism to that team and some stability at the quarterback position. In their last three games, the offense has turned it around a little bit as Smith has played more. They're fifth in explosive plays, fifth in success rate over the, those last three games. So he's starting to get some momentum there. So I like Washington catching the points and money line too, just because we've seen this story with the Cowboys over the years. Whenever there's a little momentum and a little faith and it looks like they're getting back into it, that's when they let you down. So I like Washington. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. This Washington offense is definitely starting to hit the stride a bit. Antonio Gibson's come on. Terry McLaurin has a really asserted himself as a true number one in the NFL. And Dallas continues to just be really banged up. They're probably without a couple of their top cornerbacks. Anthony Brown and Trayvon Diggs are both banged up. And you look at their just stats defensively, you rattled some of them off. They're 27th in DVOA. 28th on both offense and defense efficiency and they're giving up the most points per game in the nfl 31.8 washington's not going to light the world on fire by any means but they're starting to just piece things together so all that being said plus how 
strong their defensive line has been on the Washington side. Um, I think they're going to give Andy Dalton some issues. They'll be able to put pressure on him, not let those top wide receivers uh, for Dallas get going, which I think really is the key there. Uh, so I'm I'm with you, Tyler. Washington plus three. And let's peek at real quick on bet online. Yeah, plus 127 money line as well. I, I definitely like that a lot there. Um, so unfortunately, since Baltimore... Since the NFL is giving uh, Baltimore a bit of a pass here compared to what they did with the 49ers, that game's moved to Sunday. So I guess we're going to have to deal with, I think, maybe just college football and basketball in the PM. But it is what it is there. Um, moving on, Tyler, to Sunday. We have this. these teams just played each other, what, two weeks ago? And now they're back. Titans-Colts. Uh, Colts are three-point home favorites in this one. Over-under is 52 both teams are seven and three, so it's a massive matchup, and uh, they're both coming in off big wins. The Titans had the big comeback victory over the Ravens in overtime, 30-24. There's definitely some real bad blood there, and the Colts, uh, as we talked about on Sunday, unfortunately, took out my Packers, my lock of the week, in a major come-from-behind victory where they really started to actually piece things together in the second half and look like... Uh, more than just a good defensive team. Uh, where's your head at with this one? This first matchup was kind of weird because the, the whole game flipped. It felt like on the Titans' uh, special teams miscues. Yeah, special teams definitely killed them in that game, but I, I still think that's misleading um, to say they wouldn't have won the uh, the Colts wouldn't have won the game without those miscues. I had a, you know, I bring up so many tabs during this. I can't find what I'm looking for. Here it's we go. Also, yeah, and also all the extra turkey and mashed potatoes that that us to get added into it. But going back to this first matchup, um, the Colts' offense really dominated it in this game. Their first drive was 11 yard, uh, 11 plays got into Tennessee's uh, area, didn't get it on fourth down. Then they had another 11 play drive. They settled for a field goal, an eight play, 80 yard drive, touchdown, 13 play, 50 yard field goal. Basically. All their drives ended in points or not converting a fourth down except the last possession of the game. And they always got into Tennessee territory. They were set up on a short field on one of those punts. But the rest of the game, they were driving the entire field. So their offense kind of handled them in that game. Like, yes, uh, the punter handed them a couple points and the special teams, they blocked the punt. That helped. But I think the Colts offense was having great success anyway. I read the stat last week that two-thirds of the Colts' runs in that game were successful, and I looked back at it again. In Week 10, when they played, the Colts were the number one in the NFL that week in success rate of 59%, so they had no trouble moving the ball in that game. Having said all that, this Titans team, I can, we can never get right. Whenever you count them out, that's when they win. Like last week, I counted them out, and they won that game outright. So I have no idea what to think. Both these teams are so – I feel like they're very – Jekyll and Hyde because Colts have had games where you know they lost to the Browns and they looked terrible in that game they beat the Bengals but that was a game they were trailing big this is a weird team these are two weird teams and the AFC South which always feels like a weird division so I'm not fully decided on my pick yet so what, what do you think and then I'll go from there yeah yeah I think the main things that stand out to me the Titans offensively I don't so they came out red hot out of the gate. But you look at Tannehill's numbers this year, he actually has more games where he's thrown for under 200 yards passing than games where he's thrown for 300 or more. Three, 200 or less, two, 300 or more. Um, 
And I mean, Derek Henry's a beast. He's leading the NFL in rushing. There is something notable here. We have no idea what's going to happen between now and Sunday, but Forrest Buckner's on the COVID list for the Colts. We know how uh, instrumental he was last year for the 49ers defense. He's having a similar impact for the Colts uh, up front in their run game. They've been really solid up there. So we'll see. I mean, I, that's a big loss. But this Titans team is really banged up. Uh, they lost their leading tackler, uh, Jayon Brown. He dislocated, fractured his elbow, which sounds incredibly painful in that Ravens game. He's out the rest of the year. They already were struggling defensively, as we know. 26 ranked against the pass, giving up four and a half yards per carry on the ground. Um, you add in those injuries to Brown. Clowney's out. We know Taylor Lewan's out there. Backup left tackle's also injured. That's a lot to overcome, despite the fact that the Colts are without Buckner. I still kind of like them for what you said. In terms of you dig into the stats while I was watching that game and was on the tight ends, it was like, oh, the whole game flipped on that. But the Colts really were able to move the ball up and down the field against Tennessee. Um, I think they obviously found something last week versus uh, the Packers. Um, and, and you kind of look at it. Jonathan Taylor, he did nothing the first time these two teams played. He had seven carries for tw- 12 yards, their matchup a couple weeks ago. Versus the Packers, he finally got going. He rushed for 90 yards. He caught four passes for 24 yards. And if the Colts are going to be a serious, if they're going to win the division, if they're going to be one of the top teams in the AFC, they have to be able to run the ball and set up rivers and kind of manageable third down uh, possessions. So I like the Colts in this one. You just look at the the efficiency numbers. They've been ranked up there all season. I've been like, they're playing no one, they play no one, they play no one, but they're still up there. They beat the Titans, they beat the Packers. So I'm, I'm taking the Colts minus three at home. It's still not a lot of points. Um, and I just think the Tennessee injuries might be too much to overcome. Yeah, those are all good points. And the Colts have owned this series since 2012. Colts are 14 and three straight up, 11, four and two against the spread versus Titans. So like we say, trends are not your friends, but I think there is something to that in a divisional game when one team owns that side so much. Um, ugh, you know, I hate agreeing with you, and I hate fading this Titans team because I'm never right, but I'm going to take the Colts. I think they have a ton of momentum right now, and Rivers has started to play better the last couple weeks. And as I said earlier, you know, the Colts moved the ball so easily on the Titans last time, and Titans are only more banged up now. So I don't know what's going to change between now and then, and if this run game could get going. And, you know, between Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines, that's a pretty good running back duo. Um, so I don't think they'll have any trouble versus Tennessee. So we're three for three so far in agreeing all three point spreads as well. So that's real cute. But let's take a quick break. We'll have a couple words from our sponsors and then we'll hit on a couple more of these Sunday games. 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job. 
making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. And right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. You know what? I'm excited to watch the 49ers make it back to the Super Bowl and get over the hump this year. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. All right, Cody. Now let's move on to the next game we want to preview here. Chargers at the Bills. Bills are minus five and a half over unders 53. This will be a fun game. And the last time we saw the Bills, they lost on the Hale Murray to the Cardinals. That feels like months ago, honestly. So they had a bye last week. Time to recoup from that. The Chargers come off a win versus the Jets. A game, it looked like they tried to give away, but Herbert was too good in that game. Uh, where are you leaning in this one, Cody? Yeah. You missed the Bills that much during your bye week. It has, it has been a while. Uh, the Bills were, like, really kind of, I don't know, they were wavering offensively before a couple weeks ago. They had the big performance for Seattle at home. They put up 44 versus them. They had the absolute back-breaking loss versus Arizona. They dropped 30 there. Um, Josh Allen continues to find Stephon Diggs, and they've had a lot of big play success. They've thrown 41 passing plays of 20 or more yards. That's tied for most in the NFL. Um, they've kind of still had some issues establishing the run. Um, they're running at less than 39% of their snaps, um, which I don't know. They're still kind of in this weird in between with Devin Singletary, Zach Moss kind of trades off by the week five and a half. Like at first glance, I definitely really like the bills and I'm still am leading that way. But the way I, the angle I like the most here is actually the over 53 and a half. The Chargers have hit the over their last seven games. Defensively, they're not strong. And Herbert loves throwing the ball downfield to Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry. The guy is such a, a pretty deep ball. And the defensively, they're just not what they kind of were hyped up to be, right? With Derwin James injured, all these things going on. Um, so that's, that's where I'm leaning. The Bills offensively, like I said, They throw the ball a lot. They don't run a ton. Josh Allen has a big arm himself. They hit on big plays. Uh, The Bills have hit the over in the last three games. Um, And you look at it defensively, the Bills last year were kind of known for their defense running the ball. This year, it's kind of the opposite. Defensively, they're allowing uh, 26.5 points a game. That's 20th ranked in the NFL. The Chargers are 24th in the NFL in points allowed per game. So, you know, Tyler, the weather looks okay in uh, Buffalo. I think it's going to be in the 40s and sunny. Not too windy, no rain, anything like that from what I can tell. So I'm taking the over, 53.5 here. I'm kind of staying away from the sides. I think there's always weirdness with these Chargers games, and that could ultimately end up helping the over. Um, where's What are you thinking here? Yeah, I like the over as well. And, you know, at 53, that, that feels kind of low. Um, a couple weeks ago, 
when the Bills played Seattle. You mentioned it. The over-under in that game was 55, and a two-point difference doesn't sound big, but obviously it it is a huge difference. Um, So I really like the over as well in this game. And we talked about it a couple weeks ago with the Chargers and their weird play calling when you had the over when they played uh, Miami, and they ran the ball a lot in that game. And there's a lot on Twitter about it. I don't know if the Chargers, uh, you know, Anthony Lynn and the play callers were reading that because last week they had the most dropbacks in – uh, the NFL, they dropped back the pass 52 times. Herbert threw it 49. He was sacked three times. So maybe if they're adjusting their game plan that way, I think their games will continue to go over. And as you said, the Bills defense, I don't know what happened. Um, they've fallen off this year. They're 26th on third down defense. They're dead last in defensive run success rate, 29th in giving up explosive runs. So this team has fallen off. I don't, I don't know what happened to them. Um, and on the other side, the Bills passing has been great. They're number one in the NFL in passing success rate. And as I said a couple weeks ago when they played the Cardinals, they love to be aggressive on first down. They're also number one on first down passing success rate in the league, and they've thrown the ball the second most times on first down. So I like the over as well. I also like the Bills in this game at five and a half. It feels maybe a little high just because the Chargers have been competitive all year. But I like the Bills coming off a bye. And they're just a better coach team, Doug McDermott, or Sean McDermott, not Doug, uh, Sean McDermott versus Anthony Lynn. I'll take McDermott 10 times out of 10. We've seen what Anthony Lynn coach teams do before they find stupid ways to lose a game. Um, so I like the Bills against the spread as well. Coming off that bye, I think they'll be pretty pissed, obviously, how they lost that game. And, you know, they need they need to keep winning. The AFC's tight. I know the Dolphins lost last week, but the Dolphins are playing the Jets this week. So it's a game Dolphins have to have, and Bills need to keep pace, keep ahead of them. So I like the Bills against the spread as well and the over. So what's ultimately your pick for purposes of the graphic and the year-to-date record? I'll take the Bills minus five and a half. That game last week, the Chargers, they were up pretty big on the Jets. And, you know, we were mostly watching the Packers. Uh, Colts game but I was watching some of it on my phone keeping track and the Jets were just like slowly hanging around slowly hanging around as many close games the Chargers have lost just a sign that they're not a great team they're not a great defensive team and they can't put teams away so I know they're underdogs in this scenario but I just think that defense is bad and they're so poorly coached they don't know how to execute in clutch moments I'll take the Bills they're a better coach team and they, they need this game Okay, so on to the premier game of Sunday, uh, Chiefs at Bucks. The Bucks are three-and-a-half-point home dogs over under, and this one's 56. Uh, the Chiefs had the dramatic late comeback under Patrick Mahomes on Sunday Night Football versus the Raiders, basically two teams that are coming off primetime games here. Chiefs have won five in a row since they first lost to the Raiders. They're 3-2 and two against the spread in those games. Mahomes continues. He's the leader in the clubhouse in terms of the MVP race at this point. Um, but it is notable. This is the second straight road game for the Chiefs. We'll see how they handle that. The Bucks disappointing game versus the Rams on Monday Night Football. Again, everyone making the joke. And maybe there is some truth to it that Brady has trouble during these night games because he normally goes to bed at 9 o'clock at night. I don't know. I think he might just be... A little bit, well, like I, I don't, I don't know that he's getting like the benefit of uh, the game 
the game plan. Like it's a lot of deep passes. It's a lot of runs up the middle. It's not creative. They have so many weapons on this team. It seems like if they could just set up more short passes to get him going, they'd be well, well served there. The Bucks have lost two out of three. Um, and it's kind of starting to be like, okay, how good is this team actually? Um, so all that being said, Tyler, where's, where's your head at with this one? I, I, I'm leaning Bucks in a bounce back spot, but I feel like we're going to know pretty quickly on Sunday whether or not that's a really bad idea. You mentioned it with the play calling, and there's just a weird dynamic. Bruce Arians made another comment this week about, you know, Brady throwing in practice, and he's playing just like criticizing again. It's so weird. Obviously, we've seen Brady with Belichick, who doesn't say anything over his entire career. Now we have Bruce Arians calling him out like every other week. I don't get it. And this is probably a sucker's line, but I, I really like the Chiefs this week. And I said it to you on a Sunday, and I, I wish I did take the Rams. Like, this Bucks defense, they were playing great for a stretch. They looked great in that Packers game especially. But the last three or four games, they really haven't been that good. Um, they've allowed, over the last three games, they've allowed 29 points per game. That's 27th in the NFL. Their bottom 10 in sack percentage over their last three games. Their last four games... They're 21st in explosive run plays allowed, 11th in pass, and their season ranks are 4th and 6th. So the last few weeks, they've regressed a bit. Um, They're 18th in pass success rate over the last four games. So I think people are starting to figure them out. Um, I just don't think this Bucks team is very good. And I was watching them on Monday night, and you know they, they should have lost that game to the Giants a few weeks ago on Monday night. So I think they got kind of lucky in that game that Daniel Jones missed some throws some easy throws and guys were running wide open. So I really like the chiefs in this game. I think Mahomes is going to have no issues against this defense. And you mentioned the weapons on the box. Like, yeah, their receivers are really good, but I don't think the running backs are good at all. Uh, Ronald Jones cannot catch a pass out of the backfield for his life. Leonard Fournette stinks. The offensive line is banged up and not great. And Brady throws like two picks a game now. And like, they're always just horrible, horrible throws. The one he threw that lost in the game on Monday night was just a terrible pass. There's a clear disconnect between him and the coaching staff with the play calling. So I like the Chiefs. I, I don't think they have any issue with them, frankly. Um, so I'm, I'm taking the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, on paper, this is strength versus strength. Chiefs are the most efficient team on offense in the NFL. Bucks second best defensively in DVOA. They're still up there despite some lackluster performances. They have been able to force turnovers and get sacks. They forced 19 takeaways on the year, 32 sacks. They're going to have to do that uh, if they want any chance of A, covering, B, winning this game. I just feel like the hungry dog is going to run faster here. Like The Bucks need to look good in this game. Three and a half feels like a trap, feels like this line should be higher. That's why I'm taking the Bucks. I'm, I'm going to try and go with the sharp angle here, Tyler. I know I'm staring at this line and like, oh, Mahomes, the Chiefs, but we know the Chiefs have some duds. Second road game, big come from behind win. The Bucks again, looks awful. Um, so I'm taking them. Because, I don't know, I think that's just how the NFL works sometimes. Yeah, it does, but I don't, like... I don't think this Bucks defense is a strength anymore. I don't know. I think they had a couple good games to start the year, but the last few weeks people are figuring them out. They're 26 on third down defense or last three. They're 29th in red zone defense over the last three. Like I just don't think they're very good. Um, so I, I think the Chiefs are just going to roll them in this game, honestly. And yes, hungry dog runs faster than the Bucks need to play well after a bad loss on Monday night. But I think the Chiefs and Mahomes have motivation. I think, 
Mahomes, you know, his biggest loss in his career was versus Brady in the playoffs a couple years ago in the AFC title game. So I think he keeps motivated, especially in these matchups. He'll always be focused, and that offense will continue to roll. So I, I like the Chiefs a lot. It, it's a trap, but I'm, I'm walking right into it. All right, so we'll see if the sharp or the square makes out there. Uh, before we get to lock of the week, Tyler, let's talk about Monkey Knife Fight, front of the program, Daily Fantasy brand. I use promo code Full Slate for a free five dollar contest and up to fifty dollar uh, first deposit match. There, uh, very fun DFS game, uh, player versus the house. So if your picks hit, you win some money. You don't have to worry about the the sharps out there cranking their models and stealing all your money. So Tyler, I'll let you go first here. What's your monkey knife fight pick of the week? So my monkey knife fight pick of the week, I'm going to the Raiders Falcons game. I think that's the highest over of the week or one of the highest overs. I'm doing touchdown dance. So I'm taking Josh Jacobs, um, Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, and Calvin Ridley to score over two and a half touchdowns. That pays out two to one. It's going to be a high-scoring game. Falcons don't play any defense. Raiders don't play any defense as well. So I think that'll be a fun game and a shootout. So I'm taking those three guys to score over two and a half touchdowns and get some good dancing in. I like it. I like it. I'm sticking with the game we just previewed. Uh, very high total on this one, 56. Um, and I'm also doing a touchdown dance. Mike Evans, guy's a touchdown machine. It feels like every week he gets one. Travis Kelsey, again, another just absolute machine week in, week out if you own him in fantasy. Feels like you could pencil him in for at least 15, 20 points there. And Clyde Edwards, hilarious. He had a touchdown last week. I feel like he's starting to hit his stride a bit with the Chiefs. So I'm choosing those three guys. Um, well, let's wrap it up. Thanksgiving edition of Lock of the Week. Uh, I am sitting at 5-5-1. Five, five, and one. Tyler, 7-3-1. and one. We've got about five weeks left here down the stretch. Um, and we're, we're doing golf style. So, Tyler, you hit yours last week. I did not. So, lead us off. So, my, my Thanksgiving lock is uh, 15 minutes spent on the toilet after our dinner. Uh, <laughs> but as far as actual football goes... That's it. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's 15 minutes is a long time. Um, I think my lock is, you mentioned the sharp play at the box. I think this is a pretty sharp play. I'm going with an under. I don't know if we had an under yet as a lock of the week this year. Yeah, and it's it's a low total. I'm taking the under in the Saints-Broncos game at 43 and a half. And there's a couple reasons I really like this pick. One, I think the Saints with Taysom Hill are switching their style of offense. So last week they ran the ball 36 times, which was the third highest in the league compared to only 25 dropbacks, which was the second lowest. They held time of possession that game, 33 to 26. And also their defense has been amazing in the last three games. So over the last three games, they're allowing eight points a game, only 238 yards allowed. They forced nine turnovers, 13 sacks, 21 tackles for loss. They're number one in red zone defense over that stretch, second on third down defense. So I think they're going to shut down the Broncos. Um, so I really like this under. The Broncos offense is pretty terrible also. We talk a lot about, you know, the Bears having a bad offense. Denver's actually dead last in success rate in the NFL. They're 27th in points per game at uh, 20. So I think the Saints defense is going to feast on this Broncos offense. And I think on the other side of the ball, They'll run a lot with Taysom Hill, drain clock, and Denver's defense is pretty solid. They had six sacks last week on um, 
Tua and the Dolphins, their third in pressure rate in the NFL. So I think this is going to be a lower scoring game with the Saints running the ball a lot, which is good for an under. So that's my lock of the week. I like you uh, giving yourself credit there, saying this is a sharp pick. Did, did you read that somewhere, or you're just saying it's a sharp pick because you like it? Um, I'm donning it as a sharp pick myself. Okay. I didn't I didn't read it anywhere, but I think both of these teams are uh, good defensively. And like I said, the Saints have been on fire the last few weeks, and this is kind of what we've seen from them the last few years as they've been on this good stretch where they start off the season kind of shaky, and then in the middle of the year they just turn it on. Um, so I think this defense is kind of taking some pride in the fact that Breeze is out. They have to carry more of the water, and that's what they've been doing. I mentioned some of those stats over the last three games. They've only allowed six second-half points over the, the last three games as well. Um, both these defenses are ranked top 10 in success rate. Um, the Saints allow the least amount of big runs as well. So I think the Saints defense is clicking right now, and the way they're going to play with Taysom Hill is more conservative as well. So I, I, I love this pick. Yeah, I feel like the biggest threat to this going over is, like, two Drew Locke pick sixes. Drew Locke pick six, or he's great in garbage time. Um, they're, you know, they were they won last week, and their, the week before was a lower-scoring game, but they played uh, the Falcons a few weeks ago, and the final score there was 34-27, to but they didn't have many points until fourth quarter, so that's the biggest uh, harm to this. But I think Denver will play well. Like we talked about, they always have these weird games um, in Denver, um, so I think this is going to be a lower-scoring game that the Saints end up winning as well. But I think the Denver's defense will be able to hang in there and keep them in the game. All right. I like the angle. I agree. That Taysom Hill-led Saints are going to bleed the clock. Um, so we'll see what happens there. My lock of the week, I am going, and this might be a little bit of a trap, but we'll say Dolphins minus 6.5 at the Jets. Um, the Jets actually played decent last week versus the Chargers. They covered in that one. They put up some points. Dolphins had a disappointing loss versus the Broncos, who you just spoke about, in Denver after winning, I believe it was five in a row. So I think it's a bounce-back spot for them. And if you look at it, Dolphins need to win this game, and I think get right. Um, if they're going to keep pace in that AFC wildcard picture and even the divisional uh, race with the Bills. Um, and this is more so than anything a play fading the Jets as it is like I do like this Dolphins team. They're feisty, but this is just a full-on fade of the Jets. You'll get Jets defensive stats. They're allowing 5.9 yards per play. They're 31st in defensive passing success, 25th in passing explosiveness, and they're allowing eight yards per attempt. So two has been he he got benched last week, which was a bizarre thing. But I think you kind of read the quotes about two and everything you hear from him. He's a winner. He's going to be pissed and fired up and ready, I think, to to get right. This is the perfect week to do it. Miami shut the Jets out 24 nothing a couple weeks back uh, when they were playing. Flacco it's kind of TBD on who the starting quarterback is for the Jets but I really don't think it matters Darnold hasn't lit the world on fire anytime he's actually played um, and you look at the passing numbers for the Jets they're, they're the NFL's worst passing attack it seems like Miles Gaskins is potentially returning for the Dolphins as well so I think they're going to get a little bit of a boost in in the run game and it's a very efficient team of Brian Flores they're 10th in the NFL and overall DVOA so six and a half Coming off the loss, feels like this should be closer to eight and a half, nine, ten. Uh, if if the Dolphins just do what they should have done last week and taking care of business versus the Broncos, so um, 
I'm a little nervous that this is too easy, but I like the Dolphins minus six and a half. Yeah, this this feels way too easy. I looked at that as well. Um, I'll probably throw this in every teaser I have this weekend, so I'm, I'm ready for that. Um, fading the Jets, obviously never a bad play, but you're not worried about Flacco. He's actually played like pretty well the last couple games. Yeah, I I just feel like the Dolphins got pretty embarrassed versus the Broncos. Like they're pathetic offensively. They gave up a ton of sacks. Um, so I kind of I think they're gonna get after uh, Flacco and this Jets offense. I just in a divisional game like they ha- they just have to play well and and win this game ultimately. So I think if they had I mean if this line was the same and they had beaten the Broncos, I would agree that this line stunk to high heavens even more. But I just really like the value that you get. It's probably two and a half to three points lower than it would have been if they had just won last week. Yeah, I mean, they have to play well. It doesn't mean they will play well. Um, but I, I like the pick. I mean, I think they're going to be in a good bounce-back spot. The one thing I don't like, and we talked about it on the Sunday Scares podcast, them benching Tua, and they're going back to him. And Flores just had an out to say, yeah, he he was banged up, and we were worried about him getting hurt, so we took him out. Like he, I feel like he kind of made a point about it to say, oh, we took him out because of performance. That's weird. And, you know, now you're just entering that seed of doubt into the team that if Tua starts to play bad a little bit, are you going to go back to Fitzpatrick? So I'm interested to see how Tua bounces back. Yeah. It's a great team to bounce back first. Jets stink, like you mentioned. Um, and so, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I, I expect Miami to win, but just that, that situation with Tua is very weird. And the way people talk about it, they make it seem like, again, this is some guy that was taking the fourth round that, you know, they didn't invest in. This was the fifth pick in the draft. Like, let the guy play. So I'm hoping he gets his chance this week, and I hope he bounces back because I'm, I'm rooting for him. Yeah, I think he will. Um, so I think that wraps it up for the Week 12 Pick'em Podcast. Everyone, enjoy your Thanksgiving. Um, put in some winners. Enjoy the food. And we'll, we will be back Sunday night for another edition of the Sunday Scaries Pod.